and it grew and grew and grew. Hi, guys, and thanks for joining me again on this episode two. Hey, we're a series now of Dwayne Ditterman Reads. Did you like that? I'm playing around with theme song ideas. You know, I was watching old sitcoms recently and realizing how much we loved the theme songs of yesteryear. Like, you could remember them and sing along because they felt so goddamn good. And I was thinking it was a great way to set you up, get you in the mood for what was about to come. You know, like musical foreplay for network television. And I thought I should do that too. I can't think of many theme songs that are eminently rememberable right now. Not like Cheers or something. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a br- oh, 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 I better stop before the DMCA takes me down. I'm kind of on their watch list right now. Theme songs these days, they're just too complicated and up their own butts and trying to be fancy with crazy graphics and deep, meaningful feeling music. Look, I appreciate a sugar cube of dopamine for my theme songs. I'll admit, I don't have that yet with mine, but we'll get there. We'll get there. I also want to thank all of you who rushed out after the last podcast and bought the e-copies of my book, To Catch a Virus. We're now up to number 58 on the Amazon bestseller list. How totally amazing is that? Now, to be clear, because some people may get confused, this isn't Amazon.com, but rather uh, the, the Amazon. Like the woods Amazon. I'll be honest, I don't really know much about it, but apparently it's huge. So, well done us! On this week's episode, we welcome our first guest author. Like I said in the first episode, I wanted to give voice to the unpublished and underpublished authors whose searing work was too audacious for the mainstream. Sidebar, can I just say how much it sucks that the word lamestream got co-opted by a totally lame movement? Because lamestream is really pretty on point for calling out mainstream things. And it's a sick portmanteau. Now when I say it, it, it makes me feel like I've got earwigs crawling all over me looking for the nearest orifice to inhabit. I mean, shudder, right? Anyhow, let's welcome to the podcast salacious author Xavier Conrad. Oh, I hope I'm saying that right and that it's not actually pronounced like Conrad. <laughs> you just never know these days what with the internet forums legitimizing your crazy theories about the etymology of your name and original accent pronunciation. Am I saying that right, Xavier? Oh, let me just unmute you. Howdy, Dwayne. Nope, you got it right. It's Conrad. Phew. But my first name ain't uh, Xavier. It's Clark. What? Really? Where the hell did I get Xavier from? Oh, right. I was reading about noted French economist Xavier Muska as research for my next book, a dystopian thriller about the rise of French economic theory in a post-global warming catastrophe world. Well, that there sounds mighty interesting. Thanks. I think there's a real hunger for it. Anyway... This is about your book, Xavier. Clark. Clark. <laughs> now, you're generally known for gardening guides focusing on succulents. That's right. But you really branched out here and went for zombie fiction. Well, I felt that this subject wasn't uh, properly uh, explored in uh, depth on, uh, by any authors or TV shows or films or anything in the past 15 years or so. 
especially not from the perspective of a the very real possibility of a spore-like infection taking over a significant portion of the population. Jesus, Clark, are, are you serious? You're darn tootin'. Is is that a yes? Yes. Well, uh, uh we had a taste of your work at the the top there, but um should we just get into reading it before we go any further down your massively depressing rabbit hole? Uh, sure. Uh, let me just jump in at uh, chapter three. Uh, now, there have already been some mysterious incidents involving unexplained gruesome deaths in the farming community of rural Wisconsin. Here, my main character, Madeline, uh, uh, she's a former farmer and now a botanical detective, investigates when a family in a neighboring community has not been heard from in a, a while. <clears throat> the family breakfast table. One of the most sacred altars of our modern world. Normally a bastion of innocence, where those related, usually but not always, by DNA come together to start their days. But that was not what Madeline... Oh, oh, oh okay. Uh, so, sorry, just cutting in here. Well, usually on my podcast, and, and by usually I mean it's a rule I'm making now because it's only the second episode, I would read your work, being the voice actor here. But, but you know what? Let's play. Let, let's let you read for a bit, and then people can compare and contrast with how a master works. No offense intended. Go ahead. <clears throat> but that was not what Madeline saw in this house. Ordinarily covered with eggs or pancakes or, or noodles or tortillas or a banana leaf, this table was covered in a fine sheen of blood and gore, as if someone had tried varnishing, but didn't take the time to properly prep the table. What was strange, but increasingly common when Madeline went on these raids, was that there was no bodies. She looked to her teammate, who had just walked in the room. God damn it, not again, he said. What is this, number four? She nodded. One was an outlier, two was a coincidence. The three was technically a spree, but four, four made it official. Some shit was going down. Aw oh, man, what intrigue. And like no mention of zombies whatsoever yet. Even though the book's literal title is Sporic and Zombies. Way to heighten the tension, Mr. Hitchcock. Thanks. I studied a lot of the physics of rubber bands while writing. Mind if I take over? Well, uh, I guess that's your rule, so uh, yeah, go ahead. Let's just find another passage. Uh, where was that one I loved? Yeah, where did it go? Ah, uh, uh, yes, here it is. Corn germinates after being pollinated by wind rather than insects. Which means the wrong kind of corn can spread its mutant seed out into the world with only the help of Mother Nature's purest physical invisible touch, which is how this field came to be dominated by Luzungus mutant frumenta, slowly taking over from the inside. 
which meant that the farmer couldn't know when he sold some at the roadside stand that he was passing on an almost intelligent non-intelligence that could inhabit and turn a human mind into a single-purpose device, seeking out human flesh to use as fertilizer for the ever-growing crop. I mean, it just gives me chills. I can picture it, like, you know, like a field I've been to before. And I can see those those uh, floaty things you blow off of dandelions, but in this case, for corn. And then, like dropping food coloring into a bowl of water, watching it spread. Well, thanks. That's, uh, that's kind of a... And now that I know it's true, that this is out there and really happening, I mean, that's terrifying. Why aren't we all tweeting about this? Oh, <laughs> well, I didn't mean it was actually true. No, 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 I get it. You have to make it anonymous to protect the scientists involved. No, uh, no, no, I-, I mean, it may be technically possible, something like this. I mean, there are funguses that infect and grow inside insects, howling them out by eating them from the inside while alive. But no, no, this is definitely fiction. And not, in any way, based on something you actually experienced. No! Because you can say if you've seen anything even remotely like that. That's why we're here. Authors like you, telling the world hard truths. Well, I I haven't. Well, that's a relief. So, should we move on to Q&A from readers? Yeah, that sounds great! Awesome! Okay, first question. KJ Smark asks, what do you think KJ stands for? Like, kind jerk, some kind of oxymoron? Or kid junkie? Oh, that's sad. Is, uh, is that the question? Oh, no, 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 sorry, sorry, I do go off on tangents. Uh, the question is, plants have an unappreciated hedonistic quality. How did you get into them, and what made you love them so much they became the subject of everything you write? Oh, interesting question. I hope it's not too personal, or else KJ is kind of a jerk, right? Well, to be honest, uh, that's a lot to unpack. But, uh, basically... I was raised vegetarian, by, but my parents didn't want me to feel like an outsider, so they uh, they never told me uh, it was vegetarianism. They just served uh, cauliflower and, and called it beef, for example. So, uh, so I could say to other kids, Oh yeah, I had some amazing beef stew last night. And whenever we ate the vegetables, we'd, well, you know how some families pray before dinner. Well, we'd have this ritual where we'd have a little dance and a bow of reverence for what we were eating. Always with an R&B soundtrack. I guess that instilled a deeper love for the plant world than most people. Which I didn't realize uh, until I was in my late 20s. A lot of therapy. Wow, powerful stuff. And the weird way our psychology is formed by the alchemy of nature, parental nurture, and, and maybe some psychoactive substances that you didn't realize were in those mushrooms your parents foraged for your veggie patties. Because look, they're not burgers. Okay, next question. W. Macker asks, Do you think it's possible that the zombie invasion has already happened and that a sufficient number of people have turned so that it has already been normalized and that whenever we're like, Oh man, that driver is an idiot. Why doesn't he use his turn signal? Or the president is acting bananas again and constantly tweeting that maybe, in fact, the zombies have already won? Uh, 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 well, uh... Again, it is a work of uh, fiction. Uh, are your listeners always this uh, susceptible to uh, wild theories? 
Do you have, like, a conspiracy theory crowd? Well, don't forget, Clark, these are also your readers. (laughs) They're asking about your book. So perhaps they were my normal, highly intelligent listeners until they read your book, which plants some apparently pretty scary ideas. Potato, potato, am I right? Uh, That that doesn't make any sense. Okay, final question comes from listener me. I I had a question I wanted to ask you about plans, and so I, I inserted myself in there as, as if I were a reader. And it's my show, so I can... And, uh, anyway, if I wanted to keep, say, a Venice flytrap, what would you say is the best way to keep it from, like the plants in your book, going on a murderous spree of carnage to spread its seed and feed its unholy need for world domination? Like, is there a fertilizer blend, or do you play Bach and give it daily affirmations? It's education, isn't it? Education is always the answer. Well, thanks for joining us this week. A big shout-out to Xavier Conrad for his book, Spore Again Zombie. Join us next week as we read from and chat to another underground author. Keep reading with your ears! <laughs>